Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So, we have people from Poland, from Australia, we have people from weird places you never expect that somebody's listening to what you say. But we can't go for God's sake for us. And, um, but, you know, we've blessed God, Nigeria is also carrying almost us in the list of, because we have a list of how, how the countries view or watch the events in Nigeria is not carrying us, but we are in God help us in Jesus' name. So we would be, you know, over the months we've been talking about what you have, our inheritance, and things like that. And I just feel that, you know, I will just, as the last Sunday in October, I'll probably just round it up and just kind of put it in, um, in, in a perspective. I believe that this would lay a foundation for you so that you, when we, when we um, as we, as we go on and we begin to understand these things much more better. The topic is the treasure in me, the treasure in me. And you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, but we have this treasure in an hectic vessel. So basically what he's saying is that in this mortal vessel that you carry, in this body that you carry, there is a treasure inside of it. He said that the excellent power of maybe of God and not of God. So that means that as a Christian, and we're talking about that as a Christian, there is something inside of you. And as I, I would not be going into much, there are so many faces to, but I would just I was saying to someone this morning, I've been hot since 2 a.m. Because I've been like, you know, when you're trying to just put it up as in, in the holiday now, in the best way that would, you know, um, and I trust that God would, God would help us as individuals as we begin to take in what God is sharing with us this morning, what God is saying with us this morning. So the Bible says that and when you see a Christian, there is a treasure inside them. But let's take a step back and kind of look at it from Genesis. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, that God told them that if you eat from this tree, the day Adam, the day you eat from this tree, you shall surely die. And the problem was that Adam was still living after he ate the tree, ate from the tree. So what died in Adam is the nature, that treasure inside of him died. That treasure. See, what does God call death? Let's put it this way. Why did Jesus say that God saved him? The Bible says he cried unto him who was able to save him from death. What is the definition of death by scriptures? Naturally, the definition of death is when life ends. The Bible says God is life. So when you are caught away from God, you face death. The reason why Jesus was talking about him, that the Bible says he was crying unto him who was able to save him from death. It wasn't because he was going to die on the cross. 
That's not it. Because God turned his back against his son, as at that time, that was the most scary period of his life. Because that is the definition of death, according to scriptures. Is that when a man is cut away from life, and the only life that exists is God. So when God was saying to Adam, you will surely die. You know, people believe and say, you know, Adam did not die. Nothing happened in Adam. No, what happened was that there was a, something that caught him away. And Adam began to live without the nature of God. Then, there was, then it became a problem to God. God has been trying to say, how do we fix this thing? Now, Adam is now walking, you know, I don't know how, you know, can you imagine the way what all these, is it Netflix or all these kind of robot movies where people, you know, where, where the robot gets out of control? Terminator. Um, Amen. I don't, I don't know, you know, what is the one you're watching now? Yes, I did a Amen. Sorry, she was speaking, but hallelujah. So, you get what I'm trying to say? When, when, so, when you create a, 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 a robot, and that robot gets out of control, he has, the, the, the connection to life has been cut. So, Adam now begins to walk on his own on the planet. Then you will see when God got to a point, God began to throw out different things. One of the things which God first of all threw out as a definition and you know, sorry, as a remedy was death. What how did he do? The nature that Adam did was not able to go back into the Garden of Eden to heat from the tree of life. So basically, what God was saying, how do we wind this down? And probably start from something again. So you would see that when in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, you would use, sorry, from 2 to, 2 to 5, you find that people are living 900 years, 1,000 years, and things like that. So God now, when you go to Genesis chapter 6, God said, My spirit shall not always strive with men forever, for indeed he is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So what happened was that the days were cut short in order to, because they are trying to find a remedy. So in order to reduce the length of time he spends causing trouble, maybe we can restrict it to a point. So that's why the Bible says that, you know, his, his days will be 120. That's why you see that life expectancy keeps dropping. As you go on in life, as you go even through Bible life, uh, the, the, Bible, the Bible times. Then the Bible says in John chapter, you go, if you see later on in John chapter 6, sorry, Genesis chapter 6, um, from verse 5, the Bible says that uh, God, then the Lord saw that, so even after he caught there, he said, you know, this doesn't make sense. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on, 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 on the earth. That and had every intent or of his thoughts was evil continually. So the Bible says God was sorry that he gave him. So if you read that Genesis chapter 6, you see that he now wiped off the whole earth. He now left, he now looked at what is better. 
There's the best one amongst them. And say, okay, maybe we wipe out everyone. Let us start again. So what did they do? He now wiped out the whole house with water, with water and that led to Noah. So that yes, Noah is the godly one. The one that can, you know, can be, is okay. And I give Noah the opportunity. The heart was wiping. What happened? Noah got drunk. After that, trouble again began. So even after God said, you know, let us pick the best of them. Let us keep him in an isolated place. Wipe out the whole place. Maybe we will be able to restart the game. So you began to have issues with Noah. His, his daughter slept with um, the father. The other was like, you know, I thought I wiped all of this. Away. Why? Because it was not, no matter how much you pray, the issue is not only the heart, the issue is that it is cut away from life. That was why when, when, when Jesus was going to answer, Jesus said, he looked at um, 6 verse 43, he said, for a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. So what he said, stop talking about the fruit. The first thing you need to, to concentrate on is the, is the root of it. Because God, when you read through all through the whole testament, God has been trying to cut it down we modify the days, try to look for the one that, that, is, that is manageable among them, just give him a couple of times, he's going to fall back to where they started from. So you would see that the Bible will talk about when a man is in Christ, it becomes a new creation. That means that, and we discuss about that's why I said that this is just like we're wrapping things up and trying to lay them, point you at something as and I believe that by God's grace you will be able to build on as you go on. So we, we have this when don't have this where we, we, we said this is the body, the soul, and the spirit. This is your body, the one you see looking at the mirror of your house. The soul is the one you tell from your, um, the, the soul, this part, the Bible will call it flesh. So when Adam died, what went off was this part? His spirit. So, so when God was doing reform, the reform was on the mind. But no matter how much you reform the mind, if the spirit is cut off, that is it. So Jesus was saying that, you know, it is, you need to look at the root of it. And you see the first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, when the Bible talks about may the peace of God sanctify you completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when Jesus began to deal with this thing, when Nicodemus came to meet him and said, when Jesus was talking about, nobody can go into, into, into the kingdom of God except he is born again. Then Nicodemus said, you know, what Jesus was saying that, see, the one we did with Noah did not work. So we need to, why, that's why I came, 
so that he can we can have him born all over again. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3 to 7. He says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless. That means that this you cannot. We are tried everything. Being a good boy, being a good if we tried on all that. He said, except a man, that's what Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus will say that you know, how is this possible? Then the verse 5, he talks about the, the, the verse 5, Jesus was saying, now, this is what I'm trying to say. Most assuredly I say to you, verse um, most assuredly I say to you, unless a man is born, a born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then that which is born of flesh will be flesh. That which is born of the spirit will be spirit. Do not matter when I say you must be born again. What he's saying is that the one we have been dealing with is flesh. But until this person is born of the spirit, until that spirit comes alive, we will continue to have the same problem. We will continue to have the same problem. That's why Jesus was talking about, you know, he says, it goes to verse 14 of that scripture. It says, and Moses lifted up the serpent. Even so was the son of man lifted up. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have that life that we are talking about. Amen. 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 God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 6, when he was going on, he said, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, except you eat of my flesh, and so except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and you drink of his blood, you have no life inside of you. What he's talking about is not what does communion stand for? Calvary. Except the person has visited the cross. Except he understands what happens on Calvary. What he's saying is that he has no life in him. So what you say he has no when you, when, what are we talking about when we say he has no life in him? That means that when Adam lost, when Adam died, he's still in that same position. Except he visits the cross. See, I, I know I'm, I'm rushing a couple of things that I would show that at some point. I, Ezekiel, the prophet was seeing these things when they were alive. Ezekiel was talking about it in Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel said, God is saying, I will put my spirit within them. That means I will put a new life inside of them. And they will to cause them to walk in my status. And you will keep my judgments. So what he's saying is that the way forward for us now is that we can get something inside man. And once that thing is inside them, that is the beginning. That will be the beginning. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to try to define certain things about that person, that new person inside of you. And you begin to try to understand where we are coming from.
Even Job was saying, said, there is a spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him understanding. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. I loved that part that we read. Ephesians. Um, now, let's begin to take it. No, no, don't worry. Just move back to where it was. Second Corinthians. Yeah. Now, this is how Paul was saying, and this is where you need to. He said, therefore, from now on, we regard nobody after the flesh. He said, even though we knew Christ according to the flesh, yet we now know him no longer. Now, please can I have the next slide? We'll come back to that. What we say is this part is your flesh. Paul is saying that when we want to examine a human being, we don't first of all think about how his character is first. When we want to examine, we are not going to first of all look at them after the flesh. I would explain why that is important, even for you as a Christian. Because when you don't understand something, we see certain things in the scriptures. I don't know if you have if you have happened to you before. You read some things, you will say, God, this morning, bless, bless me as I go through the scriptures. Help, help me to understand in Jesus' name. You now go to the scriptures and say, this one is how good. You just start the next page. <laughs> oh yes, Jesus loves us. If you don't understand these things, so I was there, I was, I was preaching in Lagos many years ago. We used to have early morning prayers. And I was about to preach that morning around 5.30 in the morning, until 5 in the morning. And I think it was around the same as when it was cold. And as I was preparing, I could sense what God was saying, but I was preaching on. And all of a sudden, I, had, I felt God was hammering it in my mind. Be holy as your father in heaven is only. Ah, sir, you don't understand, sir. Uh, be holy as. How uh, is that possible? I was debating it while I was preaching in my mind. And God was saying, say it. Be holy because I am holy. I said, if you say that you're trying to be holy, I understand. But you are saying, be holy as you are holy. That's what it is in Bible. That day, I was preaching and I was, I was sweating early in the morning. Because my mind was cleaning something else. But I couldn't say, I'm, I'm someone that I try my best. In the, in the effort that God gives me, I try not to. See, whatever comes out of my mouth, comes from within. So I am not too used to trying to tell people what I, I, I have not settled in my mind, if that makes sense. So, you can understand. so so at that time I was battling myself. 
I couldn't tell people behold him because I was like, hey God, which you are trying to do? I don't understand this one. I say that. And I was, I was sweating. People would be thinking, no, I'm not in spring. It's not a minute. It is, it is, <laughs> it is frustration. <laughs> because I was frustrated. I was like, God, I, can't, I will not forget that day. I just said, as he finished this, I said, behold you, and Father Yen said, and I got home and God said, Why do you love? And that's one of the things that I want to try to make you see as we go through the scriptures. That's why Paul was saying, We are not considering anybody first after the flesh. He said, he said Please go back. He said, he said, he said, therefore, because we are not considering anybody that has, therefore, if a man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and things are becoming. Can I have the next one, please? Now, what? No. Amen. The next slide. Hallelujah. The picture. What became new is the spirit. What hasn't become new is his mind. What has not become new is his body. So when Jesus begins to make certain statements that will be seen in the scriptures, you will read, you will read in the scripture and be saying, if you are very honest with yourself as a Christian, you will look at your body and you are, you know, it is not in me. But when Paul was saying, Paul said, well, this is how we start to examine people. We go from, we consider them first. That as, as that life come alive inside them. As that life come alive inside them. Now, when you are looking at your body, how do you see your body? Show me. Hallelujah. Now, do you, know that, do you know that you have not seen your face before? You have only seen a reflection of your face. You cannot see your face. The only thing you can see is a reflection of your face. So that means that you cannot just say, this is how I look. Or you cannot just. I don't want to say that you can do it. But you know, we, you cannot just. You don't give me comfort, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you cannot just say that I've done this makeup and I look good. I feel good because I've done it. You do not take anything, you now walk out of your house. You know? When you begin to um, stop red bus and they begin to say, sorry. <laughs> because you cannot see, I'm, I'm not going somewhere with this, you cannot see your face. You depend on a reflection to tell you what your face looks like. You cannot see your emotions. But you can tell from how your body is reacting. 
What does this say to Before we get here, what does this say to us that all these parts of your body need a validation from somewhere? Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Now let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 23 said, if, if, sorry, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. But he said, for he observes himself and goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. What does this mean? It means that the mirror of my spirit is the scriptures. The only way I can know how my spirit, what my spirit has, is when I look into the scriptures. And when you begin to look into the, into the scriptures, you will understand why it is important that you cannot you cannot feel your spirit. You can only you can feel anointing, but your spirit man is not scripture. At times, because we use so many words to put things together. We cannot separate. I would, I would explain what I'm trying to say to you. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, he said, but it's now, please notice what he said. He said, when he reads, when he reads, now he said that. Please, let's, let's just see. Um, he said, when he reads, he goes away immediately and forgets how he looks like. So that means that when you read the Bible, you see a mirror of your spirit. And when you read that mirror, you begin to act as if or you forget how you look in the does it make sense? Hallelujah. Sorry. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, how does your spirit look? What is inside your spirit? How are you able? That's why. Paul was saying something. I want to first of all know. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul said something. Paul said, I pray that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened. Now, these are Christians. That you may know the hope of his calling and what are his riches of his glory, sorry, the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. Please notice what you are not reading in this Bible. He did not say your inheritance. He said his inheritance. Inside of you. 
So that means that there is an inheritance called house inside your body. The day you became, you gave your life to Christ. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17. The Bible says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who is joined to, Lord, to the Lord is one spirit with him. So that means that that means that the same spirit that God functions in is already inside of you. Are we, are we, is, it, is this making sense to us? I'm getting to a point because I want us to understand that see, where I'm going with this, and I will explain to you. When you are, sorry, when you, when you gave, when you became a Christian, you carry the same spirit that Jesus himself carries. Okay, let's go to John chapter 17 because of our time. Let's just go to John chapter 17. John 17. Uh, hallelujah, amen. amen. You, after that first John. Okay, wait, let's, wait, let's look at this. Okay, amen. Now, please notice what the scripture is saying. I know that this may be a bit challenging as we go, but the Bible says, as love has affected us in these things, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, as Jesus is, so we have in this world. This will be a struggle for you to understand that as Jesus, he so you have. Because you are judging, considering after the flesh. Does this make sense? Do you think that will go? Amen. Hallelujah. Sorry, because I just want us to. So basically, what I'm saying is this. Okay, Jesus said something. This is Jesus. Let's judge chapter 17. Just in God's Yeah. Now, this is Jesus talking. Jesus said, The glory you gave me, the glory you gave me, I have given it to them. Does this look like Jesus telling God, God, the glory you gave me, I have given it to them? It did not say, I have reduced it and tried to manage it and give it to them. 
May God help our understanding in Jesus' name. John chapter 20, Jesus again, but I'm trying to look out. Jesus said, Okay, please, can I, if, you, if I send you somewhere, so it's like, if I send you somewhere, don't, don't worry, and I gave you 20 pounds, and I said, It's allowed to the same place, and I gave her five pounds, would you say that the same way I sent you is the way I sent her? See what Jesus said. So Jesus said, peace again to them. I'm sorry, so Jesus said, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, exactly the way the Father sent me, so have I sent you. I know this will be challenging as we are reading it. Because like, I don't know, you know, and Jesus, we don't want to get you. This is scripture. Of what Jesus said. If you read your Bible, your Bible is written in red. It would that part will be written in red. That means it is the word of Christ Himself. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what we call growth in the spirit. Is actually increasing your ability to expose yourself to your spirit. Your spirit, as you don't have additional spirits, the day you gave your life to Christ is the same spirit that you have till you do this work. They don't increase your spirit. I would, so that, see, as you begin to understand this as a Christian, okay, let me give an example. When I was born, as a small baby, I had this skin. I have not had the additional skin, although I become taller. As a reason of exercise and growth, I am expanding. That skin is moving on, but it doesn't mean that I have added additional skin to my body. When a Christian is born, everything is already deposited. It is how it grows to understand those things is what they call maturity. May God help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's me, I'm just going to keep a couple of things for myself. Now, as we look at, as we look at this, this particular scriptures. Now let's look at what the Bible really talks about when the Bible talks about maturity. When the Bible talks about maturity. So I just go home to um, Second Peter. I think it should be hot also. Uh, hallelujah. Yeah. 
Amen. Now the Bible says God has given us all things. Let's go to the next one, please. Just want to point out something. Now, he says, but solid food. Now, he's talking about scriptures. The teachings of righteousness. He said, solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Now, why are they of full age? The growth is as a result of how the Bible says, those who are of full age, that if by the reason of use of their senses. So, basically, what I'm saying is this. I'll give you a let me just call this straight. Galatians 5 says, don't worry about that. Galatians 5 says that the fruit of the Spirit is peace, gentleness, and every other thing. When you gave your life to Christ, everything was there. The ability to begin to use, not to walk after the flesh, but read the Bible and God says you have gentleness inside of you. And the ability to live and act based on that is what's called maturity. Maturity is not by how many prayers you can give. The Bible says that, first, again, it says profane, sorry, reject profane and, and hold wise privileges. Exercise yourself into godliness. Exercise yourself into godliness. Go to the previous slide, please, please. The Bible says, how do we measure maturity? Those who have, by the reason of, sorry, by the reason of use, have their senses exercised. When we said you are in three places, your body, your, your, your soul, and your spirit. Your spirit has everything that you need. Every good character that you ever dream of is in your spirit. Whatever gift, whatever fruit of the spirit, patience, love, everything is in there. Now, when, the way you can begin to go and walk from there is what determines by scriptures if you're a mature Christian or not. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is not getting angry. Maturity, as per scriptures, is that even though my soul is getting irritated, even though my body is saying, get lost. The way I can move from my body and go and draw the strength in my spirit is what's what called maturity. That is why when you look at the mirror of the scriptures, and you begin to see what you can, what your spirit is capable of doing, then you begin to act according to what you see from the scriptures. Does this make sense? Now, when Jesus died and he resurrected, what he did was that cut that was cut away from God. 
He puts in the life of God inside of you. So now you are able to act from your spirit. And until we begin, and that is what it is. That's why when God sees, when the Bible says, the Bible says that God will say that you are the righteousness of God. And you look at your life. There's nothing that looks righteous in that place. Why is God calling you righteous? He's not calling, he's not looking at he's not looking at your soul and your body. He's looking at that spirit. When that spirit is the same spirit that Jesus carried. That's why the Bible says that if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. Please can we read um, Ephesians chapter. I don't have any help here. Ephesians chapter um, chapter one that we read. Ephesians chapter one. Um, actually, sorry, that because I love that translation. That translation was 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 was, was very very good. Ephesians chapter one, verse nineteen and eighteen. Good, good news. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Yeah. Towards us who believe. What is the exceeding greatness of God's power towards us who believe? Yes, ma'am. According to the working of his mighty power, mm-hmm. which he worked in Christ yeah. when he raised him from the dead. Yes. And seated him at his right hand mm-hmm. in the heavenly places. Yeah. Far above all principality. What verse are you in? 21. God bless you, my Jesus. Now, what am I trying to say? Where are we going with this? Is that can I have James chapter one verse twenty one, please? James chapter one verse twenty one. It says, lay aside all filthiness that overflow and receive the meekness of the word of God, which is able to save your souls. Please note that he not say save your spirits. Save your soul. So what needs to change is your soul as you begin to as you begin to um, to meditate on the scriptures. You begin to see that your your soul will keep opening to what your spirit can already do. The good news version. Yes, sir. And how very great is his power at work in us. He said, How very great is the power at work in us. Yes, ma'am. This power working in us is the same as the mighty strength yes. which he used when he raised Christ from death. The Bible says this same power. Is the same one, the one in you, is the same one God used to raise Jesus from the dead. It did not say a less power. It said the same power is inside you. But how you get to, to the more you, you begin to align yourself to it. And I'm not saying that it is. It is a lifetime journey as you learn to open up yourself more 
to what the Bible says your spirit is. If the Bible says that your spirit is holy, when you, you are reacting, when you are working in holiness, you are reacting to that, that, you know, this is what my spirit is. So I need to keep opening up myself to it. May God help us all in Jesus' name. Why are we talking about this as we hand all of us? It's for you to know that everything, okay, let me give an example of God. This is how you know how God operates. In Genesis, God did not create man and wonder where he's going to find oxygen. He created oxygen before he created man. God has always provided everything you need. Even what you need next year is already there. Everything is deposited in that spirit man that you carry. We are using 4G now. Do you know that in the days of Jesus, 4G was available. They just did not discover it. God is not creating, He will not create anything again. Everything that the world will discover in the next 60 years, 100 years, is already in existence. You just need to open up yourself and discover that.
The Bible says, but if the spirits that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of your body, then he said it would give life to your soul and your body. If that same spirit is inside of you, everything you need to improve your work as a Christian is already given. At times people would say, you know, somebody was somebody probably says, when they say that, you know, what would Jesus do? Person said, I don't know what Jesus, but Jesus would do this and that. But guess what? My mother's name is not Maria. Neither is my father's name, Joseph. So, we are not compatible. when he sees his children and he sees that all that they are struggling with he has already provided all they need to do is to start to work on themselves to become what the father sees them to be let us rise up Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.